the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. George Brockler back with you here. 710-KNUS. We are halfway through the Thursday show. My thanks to Sherry Pipe in the last hour for putting on our radar that explosive story that has yet to be picked up by the left-leaning mainstream media for obvious reasons. Uh, Brittany Pedersen, uh, Congresswoman for the 7th Congressional District, her husband hidden from the campaign, but a big-time progressive, had uh, apparently has been awarded a $380,000 contract, $340,000 contract by Democrat Jeffco commissioners so that he can explore how to convince Jeffco residents to give the commissioners more taxpayer money. Interesting, fascinating case. Something else that continues to be in the news, and it's worth talking about here because it's right in my wheelhouse, and that, of course, is with the, uh, with the crime stuff. Um, there is a story out there in um, the Denver Post, and it is called Colorado Murder Victims Family Raises Concern. By the way, one other thing that I have noticed about um, about the newspapers online is it's no longer enough to have a subscription and to log in. They want to get you to log in after every article. It is getting to the point. And you know who doesn't make you do that? Complete Colorado doesn't make you do that. If you go to Complete Colorado, you just click and read and all that other stuff, including the original content by people like Sherry Pife and Josh Scharf. Here's what it's called. Colorado murder victims family raises alarm as co-defendant is up for parole just months after receiving a six-year sentence. Now, here's what happens. There's a 28-year-old young man named Joseph Brinson who lived in Jeffco. He uh, had a roommate. That roommate and he really had some ongoing issues. The result of that was um, the roommate got his friends together. They lined the basement with plastic. And one day they just thought, what the heck? They came over and uh, shot this guy, killed him, covered him up in the plastic, took him down to the basement. Before they covered him up, they enlisted the help of this uh, 17-year-old girl, Lila Atencio, L-I-L-A Atencio, A-T-E-N-C-I-O. And they helped, they asked her to help cut up his body and dispose of the body parts. Now, that's not torture because the guy got shot and killed, but it's torture for Brinson's family, right? One thing leads to another. They all get caught, right? They all get caught. They all get arrested. And they end up getting prosecuted. Lila gets prosecuted, it looks like, as an adult. Now, the main killer is a dude named Quinlan. And it took a long time for the case to come to trial because it took place during the COVID and stuff like that. This guy, Quinlan, was convicted of first-degree murder at a jury trial in 2021 and instantly sentenced to life without the possibility of parole. 
another dude that was participating pled, pled guilty to second degree murder and was sentenced to 46 years in prison. I'll get back to that one in just a moment. Now, Lila Atencio, um, (laughs) I'm going to read you the sentence out of the Denver Post article because this is just stuff you don't get to read all the time. Atencio cooperated with authorities. She led investigators to Brinson's head. Yeah, that's right. Um, And she testified against Quinlan as part of her plea agreement. So she pleads guilty to accessory to a crime, tampering with a body, which is evidence. And finally, she gets sentenced to, to, to six years. It says as part of the plea deal, she was sentenced to serve two years of work release as well as six years of probation. However, she ended up violating the terms of her work release, which instantly converted to be a resentencing. She should just go directly to jail, but instead... She, uh, the DA's office said she should be sentenced to six years to run consecutively for a total of 12 years. Now, in this case, the judge said, no, I'm instead going to sentence uh, the headhunter to six years in prison. I'm sorry I did that there. That very Tourette's like it just fell right out. Um, she was sentenced to six years in prison. Now, here's the deal. Within weeks after being sentenced to prison. Brinson's family was notified that she was coming up for parole. This article goes on to say most prisoners in Colorado are eligible for parole after serving 50% of their sentence. That is fake. A hundred percent fake. Now, this woman ended up having two years of pre-sentence confinement credit because I imagine she sat in jail while her case got delayed and she was cooperating and they held back her sentencing until she testified against the other two bad guys, the, the actual killers. I get all that stuff. But the way the system is set up is you will continue to get credit for that. So, for instance, she served 15 minutes additional prison time before she gets paroled. Let's say she has a parole violation, and that ends up resulting in her getting sent back to prison. She will again get credit for the time she's already been given credit for in that sentence. That's how jacked up the parole system is in the state of Colorado, not to mention that the parole board is filled with people that Democrat governors have put on it. So here's a woman that participated in covering up a cold-blooded murder in part by helping to dismember and dispose of the dismembered parts of another human being violates a very cush plea bargain, which may have been appropriate given what she was able to deliver, sentenced to prison, and then the prison system comes to her rescue by saying, you don't even have to make your bunk, dear, because we're about to send you back out into the world. This system is broken. Now let's get back to the dude who actually helped with the murder, the guy that got convicted of second-degree murder, Irvine, and he got sentenced to 46 years in prison. Now, that's a crime of violence, second-degree murder. At least, I think it was likely pleaded that way. I I think it was probably pleaded that way. In fact, if there's a way to do, some smart attorney out there is going to let me know, is there a way to do second-degree murder that's not a crime of violence or not? That's interesting. But let's presume it is for purposes of this conversation. The current law on the book says you have to do 75% of your time on a crime of violence before you become parole eligible. Again, 
100% fake. And the reason it's fake is it permits the prison system, the Department of Corrections, also a Democrat appointed member of the cabinet to be able to grant things like good time, earn time. Recently, they changed the law to say, hey, if you go out and get your GED or your bachelor's or your master's degree, of course, on taxpayer dollars, we'll cut your sentence down even more. It's gotten to the point, folks, where a crime of violence, a person who gets sentenced to a chunk of years, will more likely be parole eligible at somewhere around 45-ish percent of their sentence. So that 46-year sentence that this guy got, best guess, without extra gubernatorial intervention by way of a commutation, which we know Governor Polis is, is wont to do, this guy's probably going to be parole eligible somewhere in the 21 to 22-year range. If he's already done a year or two in jail as some pretrial confinement, he could ultimately do less than 20 years in the Department of Corrections for his participation in this cold-blooded murder. That's bonkers. That's where we're at. And frankly, the timing for these kinds of stories is great. It's great. Because we're going to have in the 9 o'clock hour Michael Fields from Advanced Colorado Institute And uh, they just went to the title board yesterday because, you know, they have to go to the title board. The legislature can vomit up anything at once and put it on the ballot. You just have to, you know, uh, wiggle your way through it. But he has a measure on truth truth in sentencing, and I'll have him describe how it works. But, oh, my God, we've needed this forever. We've needed this forever. Every time you see a sentence to anything in the newspaper, you should instantly be skeptical because nobody kills their number. In fact, I'd love to know what the DOC statistics are on how many people serve out the full length of their potential incarceration sentence. I'm guessing it's somewhere around 0%. In order to get there, you would have had to have engaged in so much misconduct, so much misconduct that didn't even lead to additional prosecutions with consecutive time. This is what the family of the victim, say, the innocent victim who was shot in the head and dismembered. Originally, they were going to try to make it look like a suicide by this guy. This is what the family says. They told the DA's office that it's just been devastation all over again, every single time. It just seems as if she is never punished for anything. Same woman remembers Brinson as a sweet, kind guy, who enjoyed riding dirt bikes, hiking, and music. He'd been having a tough time before he was killed, in large part because his brother died about 18 months earlier. Think about that for the family. Two boys lost in 18 months. January 17th was yesterday. That was the parole hearing for Atencio. No update yet on what that looks like. In fact, during a break, I think what I'll probably do, and you can do this too for anybody, you can go to the Colorado Inmate Locator, if you just Google that, and you can look up Lottie Dottie, everybody who's in the Department of Corrections. And every once in a while, I've gone and looked up some people just to be like, God, that dude got a huge sentence. I wonder if he's still in there. And without exception, they usually still are. But... 
Some of them get paroled and disappear, or they get transferred out of the system and they get disappeared out of this. We heard from District Attorney Michael Allen yesterday that the Club Q shooter was whisked away to Wyoming or something like that, which I've never understood. The uh, We can't keep him safe in prison. We've got to send him to some other state. Really? Don't we pay you to keep these guys safe? Like, what's the deal? That was the same thing that happened with the Aurora Theater shooter. Some dude jumped out of line, put a very light, I'm I'm sure, well-deserved beating on this guy, and they couldn't figure out a way to put him in administrative segregation, which is solitary confinement. No, they couldn't. Do you know why? Because Colorado did away with it. We don't do solitary confinement. We don't do administrative segregation anymore. Not for a long term. That's what this dude wanted. So guess what they do? They send him out to a medium security federal prison in Pennsylvania. They're forced to reveal that fact by the legislature. And you know where he is right now? Yeah, solitary. (laughs) Because that's what he wants. And that's the way to keep him safe. And the argument against it was by Rick Ramish was, who spent like 15 minutes in a solitary confinement cell and then penned a New York Times op-ed piece about, uh, or an editorial piece about, man, this really can make you crazy. Excuse me? This dude was already mentally ill. If everything goes wrong, maybe it fixes him. You know, I mean, he wants to be in solitary. This is, I'm telling you, this is the uninvestigated, unwritten story of the crime surge in Colorado is how many people are either out there on parole because they've had their incarceration sentences terminated early or how many people have had their sentences terminated early. That's aside from what Polis does. Two of the 28 commutations that he granted, we talked about one of them, maybe two of them, was a serial career burglar. The other was a career drug dealer. What? (laughs) How is it out of all the people that have said, pretty please with sugar on top, can you put me back out on the street? We cut a career drug dealer, who, by the way, was dealing in Schedule One controlled substances, hallucinogenics and date rape drugs, MDMA, ecstasy. And the other dude was a serial burglar. Most of the, I think these guys each committed at least one of their felonies while on parole for another prior felony. These are the people that the governor has cut back loose onto our streets. And by the way, without any reservation, here's why that's important. There are felony convictions, even though uh, Governor uh, Polis and Phil Weiser had gutted that uh, possession of a weapon by a previous offender law in exchange for asking for the feds to prosecute it, and we'll, we'll supply the money for that. Uh, there are still felonies that result in you um, being unable to possess a firearm. Well, that includes cases unless you're pardoned. And so when Governor Polis pardons people from their felonies, he has the ability to check a box that says with the ability to purchase firearms, in essence, get your Second Amendment rights back or not. And so there was a guy, uh, uh, Lima Marin out of um, Arapahoe County. And this goes back to me saying, go to that Colorado inmate locator. Lima Marin, Raul, I think it was Raul, Lima Marin, had been convicted of a couple armed robberies. Pretty aggressive stuff, putting guns in people's faces, moving them to back rooms, them thinking they're going to die and all that stuff. Dude um, spit all over a plea bargain that he was offered, instead went to trial, got convicted, and he and his co-defendant, 
each got sentenced to 96 years in the Department of Corrections. Heavy, heavy, heavy sentence. Dude gets accidentally paroled. And he gets accidentally paroled because at the time of his conviction and sentencing, a clerk in the courtroom checks the wrong box. I swear to God, checks the wrong box. And instead of consecutive, puts concurrent. The public defender sees it and basically allows that fraud, that mistake to live on in perpetuity. Because typically what happens is the public defender appeals every felony conviction and sentence and the court of appeals, in addition to saying, no, uh, we're not going to overturn this. They go back and say, we're going to correct the minimus. That's the thing that says, dear DOC, this person should be housed in your place. They normally correct it all the time because clerks in courtrooms make mistakes all the damn time. Judges do, too. So the, the public defender goes to this guy and says, hey, if you don't say anything. If you don't appeal, the Court of Appeals won't correct this, and you're going to get paroled in just a few years. So just sit tight and don't tell anybody about this mistake. And so in a move I've never, ever seen, the public defender does not appeal that conviction. Dude gets paroled. Guy in my office happens to be on the Colorado inmate locator. I don't know if he prosecuted the case or just remembered it. Looks the guy up, sees that he's gone from prison, can't believe it, checks into it, sees the guy's been paroled, finds out it's a violation of the court's order. And then the police go out and hook this dude up and take him back to jail because he's supposed to complete a sentence. Meanwhile, he's been out of prison for a couple few years. Of course, you do what any prisoner who's been cut loose does. You go and you make babies with someone and he goes and he gets a job. And then the whole world caves in and Governor Hickenlooper and all these people with the gnashing of the teeth and the crying over the injustice this is. Before the court can do anything, and this is a habit now with Democrat governors to act before the court can finish the process before the court can take action and out of a concern that this dude who'd gained entry to the country through Florida I think he was of Cuban descent before he could be deported Hickenlooper rushes to pardon him but in the rush to pardon him restores his ability to get guns so a dude who was sentenced to prison for threatening other human beings with guns so that he could get money is now not only uh, has no conviction at all but can now go buy firearms like you or I can this system is completely broken the only way to fix this system is with you you have to pay very close attention to these stories. You have to ask questions of your local prosecutors, your sheriffs even, although I don't think the problem is the sheriffs. I don't think it's the chiefs of police, the AG's office, and your elected representatives. But the thing is, is we're so complacent, other than us talking about it on the radio, and if you're a 710 listener, you're a self-selected group, right, of people who want to pay attention to current events. Your neighbors don't know this. Your neighbors might hear Joey Jojo Jr. Shabbat, who just got sentenced to 20 years in prison for killing a state trooper with his car and think, wow, okay, that feels like justice. That dude's out on the street in six, seven. And then you go, wait, what? We got to be more diligent about this. We got to scrutinize what's going on. And when these stories come out and, and you'll hear it too, Billy, you'll find these great stories in the Thorpe report. And when he reads the sentences, there are times where I jump in right over the top of Billy, I'm sure to his chagrin, and say, hang on, here's what that really means. 
This is a huge problem. You talk about crime. It's not body cams that's going to solve the crime issue. It's not making police civilly liable for the mistakes they make. That's not going to solve the crime issue. It's taking vigorous action and holding people accountable. But part of holding them accountable isn't just getting them into court and getting them convicted and sentenced. It's them actually serving the damn sentence. And you don't get that in the state of Colorado. Nothing. 303-696-1971. Here's some of the text. Sounds like the kids were mimicking the show. Dexter, you know what? That could be true. Uh, Others asking for links to uh, Sherry's page. Uh, Another one. Uh, Sherry's piece because they want to know all that stuff. Someone else chiming in. We're kind of all over the page here with with the different texts. Let's do this. Uh, Let me cut away for a break after I tell you about my dentist. And then we'll come back and we'll get to your phone calls at 303-696-1971. What should be done here? What is it you expect out of the criminal justice system when someone like this commits a crime? Is this justice? In fact, when you look at what has taken place in the metro area, whether it's handled by the state or DAs or the feds, tell me the last time you looked at an outcome of a case and said, yep, nailed it. 303-696-1971 is the number. Uh, Doctors Richter and Snyder have a practice called Twin Aspen Dental. Pretty cool name for a super cool place that takes care of your oral health, your dental health. And and folks, that's the gateway to the rest of your body. If your mouth is not healthy, you are not going to be healthy. That is the truth. When you talk with someone, how many times do you look down and you see something off about their teeth? And I'm not talking about orthodontic stuff with the summer teeth. And by that, I mean summer here, summer there. I'm talking about where you feel like, man, when's the last time they saw a dentist or hell saw a toothbrush? Those things are real. Don't let it be you. Go see the super nice people who actually care about you as more than just some vehicle to make a claim against dental insurance. They see you as part of their community, and that's how they treat you. Make your great smile even greater. Call them today at 303-841-7466, 303-841-7466. You can check them out at TwinAspenDentalCenter.com, TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. Dot com. Uh, easy to get to them, by the way, at uh, the corner of Parker and Stroh Road. In fact, if you're on the YouTubes or the Rumbles, you can see their thing uh, right up here right now. In fact, that is a picture sitting where the uh, the reception people are looking out towards the front door. What a great, cool place right there by Lehman Academy. Go check them out. That's TwinAspenDentalCenter.com. When we come back, your text, your calls at 303-696-1971. It's George Brockler on the George Show, 710 KNUS. George Brockler here with the George Show on 710 KMS. I wish I knew who Mike was because Billy keeps telling me Mike is hot. And I just, it's awkward because I don't know anyone at 710 named Mike. And I feel like there's someone he's referring to. Uh, is it a younger Mike Douglas? Nobody knows. We'll, we'll figure that out during the next break. But we do have phone lines and I'd love to chat with you. 303-696-1971. Greg, you're on 710. What do you think? Yeah, first of all, uh, thanks for your service as DA. Uh, worked for you as a Republican precinct leader. Hey, thanks um, for doing that, man. Yeah, several years ago. So, um, yeah, I have a uh, person related to me who's been in the Arapahoe County uh, um, 
detention system for a while uh, with DUIs and uh, substance abuse problems. He was on a work release coming out of detention center and uh, basically doing drugs during the day. So, you know, and I, I see this uh, kind of um, public-private uh, um, consortium of, uh, of jails and uh, detention centers, the uh, probation officers. Uh, it, it's just, it's a business. It doesn't have anything to do with uh, uh, <laughs> putting somebody back on the street. It, it has to do with... Uh, just uh, uh, keeping the uh, the lights burning in these uh, in, in these particular uh, uh, situations that I don't even understand. And uh, what's the answer, Greg? Sentence. What do you what do you think we ought to do? Well, people get involved with their with their uh, person, you know, their representatives, Congress and state house, state. Uh, I think local politics is very important. Um, I don't have an answer. It's very frustrating. So, do you think we should end these these private public partnerships that do the sentencing stuff that serve that either the work release or the prisons or whatever? Should we end those? I I mean, from my perspective, I'm I think that there should be more. This should be a governmental function, not a not a private. Uh, situation where it's a it's a it ends up being for, for profit and there's no incentive for these people to actually help reform and put in place projects or uh, programs that uh, that actually work for for uh, multiple abusers greg your last sentence was the most brilliant of the ones that you said it's all about incentives and the problem yeah. with privatizing these these groups isn't the privatization piece it's what incentives do we create so if you create a private organization that's supposed to act like government well it will be just as screwed up as government will and they don't if if their incentive in a private prison is you get paid based off of the number of heads on pillows at night that is a complete failure that there's no incentive yeah. there if on the other hand we were able to figure out a way to give them incentive that said here's the deal Everybody that comes into your facility that then when they're discharged never ever comes back to this or any other facility, you get paid based on that. Every year you get paid something, not a huge amount, but a small amount. So now you're invested in the idea that if I make a winner out of someone who's made bad decision, if I put somebody back out there who no matter what they do, they're not going to run afoul of the law, I'm going to see money every single year that kind of investment that creates an incentive for them to do well as it is right now private sector government prison they don't care it doesn't it doesn't matter yeah. to them whether you come back or not it only matters to the politicians mm -hmm. yeah i agree so. Well, Greg, let's put that on the ballot. I'm going to when we talk, <laughs> Greg, thanks for the phone call. 303-696-1971. Um, I, uh, <laughs> I, just, I don't know. Uh, when Michael comes back on at nine o'clock, Michael feels maybe we'll pitch that to him as a possibility. I don't know how complicated that would have to be, but doesn't that make sense? I mean, when you listen to that, doesn't it make sense that the problem with the prison system is it doesn't have the right incentives? Everything is about just warehousing a human being. We give lip service to the, the reformation, rehabilitation piece on this, and nobody ever suffers the consequences except the innocent community when prisons 
fail to reform someone. You, you lock someone up for 10 years, they get out and reoffend. You, you've done nothing except buy the community 10 years. Sometimes that's enough. But most of the time, we should be trying to produce people who aren't coming back. And let me just weigh in on this. This idea of the government handing $3,000 no-strings-attached cash to every convicted felon who finds their way out of parole or out of the prison system, no thank you. Do they need some steps, some support to put them in a position where they can thrive and not reoffend? Yeah, absolutely they do. 90% of that takes place in prison. If the other part of that is, my God, I'd even take one of those, what are those food stamp cards called, those EBT cards? I'd even accept that before I'd accept no strings attached cash. I mean, at least limit how these people can use the resources that are designed to help them get a step up and to get going again. You want to give them a new suit when they leave? Give them a new suit. Okay, but $3,000 cash is crazy. That's insane. And by the way, do you get it every time you're released from prison or just the first time? Does it matter how long you spend in prison? What if you only do like uh, this uh, Tensio lady, Lila Tensio? What if you only end up going in for a couple days before they put you out on parole status because you're going to transition to community corrections, a halfway house? Do you get 3000 for that too? Do you get more based on how long you were in? I mean, this is just a bad idea, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to a system that refuses to hold the right people accountable and then ends up just looking at the rest of innocent America and Colorado and saying, well, you guys are just going to have to suck it up. There was something else. Um, and Billy, I don't I don't know that we have someone burning to, to talk on this topic right now because I, I'd love to segue into this. I I have a column that's coming out in the Gazette, I think today. And, you know, normally I'm talking about a specific public policy, something that Weiser did or Polis did or maybe the Republicans did or Trump advocated for, something like that very specific. This this one isn't quite like that. You know, I was uh, taken with that mass shooting that took place in that Iowa school, uh, Perry High School out there in Perry, Iowa. And that was just a couple weeks ago. Do you remember that? That thing, we had become so accustomed to mass shootings inside schools, that thing wasn't even the top of drudge. It wasn't even above the fold, if you will, on CNN, MSNBC, Fox, for more than half a day. That's just where we are as a people. And you have all these all these politicians, especially in Colorado, rush to the legislature to say, we know the fix, and the fix is guns, even if the guns they want to ban weren't used in any of the crimes that we've seen here in Colorado that were noteworthy. Or even if they weren't even if banning them wouldn't have changed the outcome of any it doesn't matter. It's focus on the guns, not the wrongdoers, the guns. It's dumb. It doesn't work. It hasn't worked. But when we focus on the bad guys. I think a huge problem we have is we don't step back and look and say, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's a lot of these folks. Why is this happening to us now? And I'll tell you why. It's because our culture is sick. It's not, a, this part is not about the immigration, but our culture is sick. Hear me out on this. It's not partisan. We have sent the message to successive generations. That life only has the value someone else gives it. Now, some of this might be religious. I'm not saying you have to be a Christian 
were Jewish or anything to, to see it this way. I'm just saying it, it, there was a time when every individual life, dumb or smart, tall or short, pretty, it doesn't matter, had intrinsic value just by virtue of being a life. And that's the way our laws were set up. They weren't perfect in that. But that's what the goal was, protect life. But over the last couple generations, folks, haven't we seen and implemented ideas, policies, rules that say the opposite? That, and here's the biggest example. In Colorado, we have the most permissive abortion law maybe on the planet Earth. Maybe on the planet Earth. We allow someone, not a pregnant person, a woman, we allow a woman all by herself when she's pregnant to make the decision up until the moment the baby is leaving her body to decide whether to terminate that life. That life could be inches, seconds away from being fully autonomous. It doesn't matter. We say it's okay. There are good reasons for that, and it doesn't happen that often, but we certainly don't want to outlaw it because someone's probably got a good reason for it. And we've told people it's not just okay. We need to celebrate it. We need to embrace it. And if you dare say anything about being pro-life, well, you're a Neanderthal and you're not fit for public service. Even if it's a job that has nothing to do with abortion. So we, we say that for generations to these kids growing up. We've, made, we've normalized it. But think about this too. If you are pregnant and you want that life, we have provisions in the law that say if somebody unlawfully terminates your pregnancy, they're signed up for a bigger punitive sanction through the law. That's right. If you want the baby and someone terminates it against, terminates their life against your will, well, that has value. But if you want to terminate that same life, it has no value. There's no intrinsic value to life. We do this all the time. We've now taken murder. We had, we had three kinds of first-degree murder, after intent, I mean, after deliberation with intent, extreme indifference, and felony murder, all of them designed to punish at the highest level somebody who takes another person's life during a, a violent, evil act. Well, a couple years ago, the Democrat-controlled legislature said, you know what, that doesn't seem fair, Fel felony murder, my God. You may have only participated in the gang rape slash armed robbery slash home invasion burglary, whatever it is. You may have only participated in that. Someone else in your group may have killed someone. Why should you be on the hook for that forever? Because that's what the law says. It tries to discourage that conduct by saying, we're going to treat all y'all the same. You guys agree to participate in a violent crime and somebody dies, y'all going to be treated like you pulled the trigger. Now we don't do that anymore. Now you get this broken parole system. This year, and they talk about it every, this year, I presume that the wing nuts under the gold dome are going to propose to do the exact same thing with extreme indifference murder. And that's the murder that the Aurora Theater shooter was convicted of 12 times. They want to reduce that down to like second degree murder. So somebody that engages in that could be parole eligible. Folks, that's a message that we send to people about how we value life. But just so you don't think this is just about the Dems, and by the way, they're big proponents of, of this moral relativism that allows us to look at one life and say, we really like it, it should be protected. We don't like that one, it shouldn't be protected. 
independent of things like innocence or guilt, good or evil, independent of those things, just whether somebody wants you to be alive. Well, on the right, we have heard and seen the same thing on this damn show. We've got people out there who have allowed their view of politics and the current state of affairs in America to become so extremist and toxic that they throw terms around like treason and traitor like it's a color of hair. Like that guy's tall. That guy's a traitor. You know, in the old days, that talk would have bought you a meeting out in the middle of the street. Not to take your life, but to shut your mouth. But we don't do that anymore. We allow people to use phrases like traitor and treason for all sorts of ridiculous reasons. Do I think Jenna Griswold is a great secretary of state? I don't. I think she's one of the most hyper-partisan state officials we have, second only to Phil Weiser. But do I think she's a traitor? Absolutely not. Has she engaged in treason? Not even close. Those words are real. They have real meanings. But we've broadened them, and the reason we do it is this, and this gets back to the life. You now hear people, you've heard people call into this show and say things like, Joe Biden should be hung. You've heard people talk about sending people from the media to the gallows. So we've got a couple generations of kids now that are hearing it from everywhere. The people they're supposed to look up to, the people they're supposed to respect, the institutions that are supposed to be out there to protect life have all turned and let them know that life is important and life is special, but only if someone else thinks so. And so when you combine that with the mental health issues that flow from the most hyperpotent marijuana we've ever seen in maybe the history of the world, permissive drug use, all of those things... Are we shocked at all that kids are walking into schools and trying to murder people? That's the real story here. It's not about the guns, and it's not just about the individual people. Folks, we're sick. We're broken. And if we don't tackle this issue, it the rest of it won't matter. We'll have to be armed to defend ourselves from our neighbors. And I think there's some people out there that cheer that on. I don't know. I grew up in a different Colorado and a different America. There are some things that are better now, but, uh, man, there's a lot that's worse. And this isn't just Colorado. This is America, too. There is a toxicity and a sickness that is running through us, and we're either going to address it and learn to deal with each other with strong, vigorous, principled disagreement, but it stops right there. I'm telling you, we're going to end up taking up arms against each other. I don't want that for my kids. I don't want that for your kids. I don't want that for me. I took an oath to uphold and defend our Constitution. I don't know. Sorry about that ridiculous rant. Um, but we're going to come back. If there are phone calls, I'll check with Billy on it. Also, the text, I'll get to those as well. Hey, uh, before we cut away, I want to tell you about Gay Ribble. We had her on yesterday. Wasn't she awesome? We had her on for like a full extended segment. Was she terrific? You got to go back and listen to that podcast. I think it was the eight o'clock hour. She knows the real estate market like nobody else out there. And she talks about it by pulling in all this different information that's floating around out there and puts it together in a way where you're like, 
I get it. And the story she told about getting these buyers to act more quickly on listing their home than they thought based on their research they should, and she got them an extra $300,000 for their home. Billy has to work three straight weeks of trivia to make $300,000. That is huge. You can get that kind of expertise for your benefit, your family's benefit. Get into the home you need and you want by calling 833-301-SOLD, 833-301-SOLD. You can also check them out at uh, sellwithcertaintycolorado.com, sellwithcertaintycolorado.com. Hey, stick around. It's George Brockler on The George Show, 710 KNUS. George Brockler back with you here, 710 Kenya. It's only a couple minutes before we get to the 9 o'clock hour. We'll be joined by Michael Fields from Advanced Colorado Institute. Some folks uh, chiming in here by text. We had Bill on the line. I imagine he had to drop to talk to that parole officer. Just kidding, Bill. Government and society these days care more about feelings than what actually needs to be fixed. It all started with the anti-bullying campaigns. What was the quote Mike Tyson said about people need to get punched in the face? Here's another, I don't buy the sick culture argument for one second. That means it's not even debatable. It's like, it's so clearly wrong. I get what you're saying. There are numerous other countries that have the same permissive abortion laws. Uh, That's not true. Uh, Colorado's abortion laws are more permissive than Europe's. uh, And a very similar culture to ours. And they do not suffer from the mass shooting problem we do. The only logical reason. You can't debate this. When you start throwing out terms like that, you foreclose debate. The only logical reason is because they don't have access to guns. This is the American cover charge garbage. I I don't believe that for a moment. I said I disagree. And then they just chimed in here. You can disagree, but they don't have weapons proliferation like we do. And they do have abortion as a regular, normal part of their culture. Not like we do, brother. They play the same video games we do, watch the same movies we do. They're not us. Uh, the common thread of today's topics from Jeff Code of Crime is the government has way too much money and they impose utopian tyranny on us and the fact that we don't all act like children of God. Um, here's uh, another. The Iowa shooting was buried because the shooter was trans. I, what? Maybe. I don't know. Not on drudge but to, because the perpetrator was LGBTQ. I don't know. Why is that a drudge thing? I don't know. Solitary is probably the best way to get rehabilitation. The only interaction prisoners should have with anyone should be education classes. Prisoners able to make criminal connections in prison leads to recidivism. I didn't hear what you said, Billy, but it sounds like we're running out of time. Stick around. Michael Fields next. George Brockler, 710 KNUS. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.